today we're gonna change it up a little bit if you don't mind getting up out of your chairs and coming up to the front for worship so we can worship Jesus who's excited to worship Jesus this morning yeah Woo! let's get started Wanting a place to hide this weary soul This bag of bones And I try with all my might But I just can't win the fight I'm slowly drifting A vagabond And just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know. And he told me that I was not alone. He picked me up, he turned me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master, I thank the savior, because you healed my heart, you changed my name. Forever free, I'm not the same. I think the master, I think the savior, I thank God. Oh, I cannot deny what I've seen. Got no choice but to believe. My doubts are burning like ashes in the wind. So, so long to my old friends. Burden and bitterness, you can just keep it moving. Nah, you ain't welcome here. From now till I walk streets of gold, I'll sing of how you saved my soul. This wayward son has found his way back home. Turn me around, place my feet on solid ground. I thank the master, I thank the savior, because you healed my heart, you changed my name. Forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the master, I thank the savior, I thank God.
and lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. Because you healed my heart, you changed my name, forever free, I'm not the same, I thank the master, I thank the savior, I thank God, oh I thank God, oh I thank God, do you thank God, oh I thank God. Welcome to Christ Chapel. My name is Janine Jaffe. If you are new here, welcome. We are so glad to have you. And if you're not new here, welcome back. So this morning, everyone that you see from Welcome to Worship are all involved in our youth program here at Christ Chapel. At this point, I'll normally ask a question of the day or call on someone and ask them, like, how their day is going. But don't worry, I'm not going to put you on the spot today. So after the questions and the interactions, I go on to just pray over the service. So please join with me as I pray. Dear God, I just thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for this fellowship and for this church. And I thank you for the staff that you have put behind this. I just pray for Lord, I just pray for the church today, Lord, that you would just come in here and let the atmosphere be filled by your Holy Spirit. I just pray that everything that goes on today, from the worship to the preacher and the pastor, Lord, that you would just be over it every step of the way. I just pray that you could fill this environment with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and that you, your will will be done today. In your heavenly name, amen. Down there. 
Good morning, everyone. Wow. So the next song we're about to sing is called Firm Foundation. And it just talks about how Christ, he's our foundation. He's the cornerstone. He is the rock with which we build our house on. You know, I wasn't supposed to lead this week, but um, we've just had spiritual attacks coming and physical attacks, you know, Joseph has laryngitis and um, hasn't been able to, like yesterday his voice was just about completely gone, And um, but even through it, you know, we knew that Christ was our foundation, that no matter what's coming our way, no matter how different things fail, our body fails, things around us fail, people fail, anything like that, he doesn't, and he won't, and he will not fail us. And so let's worship him for who he is and what he's done and that we can stand on him and his word and what he did on the cross.
was built on you I'm safe with you I'm gonna make it through rain came wind blew and my house was built on you I'm safe with you I'm gonna make it through Rain came. 
Yeah. 
Welcome to Youth Sunday, Christ Chapel. What an anointed worship service. Praise God. On their first song, when they were singing this morning, How Hell Lost Another One. I, I, when they sung, I've never heard that before. You know, <laughs> Maybe some of y'all in the same boat as me, this isn't exactly your gear. But you can't deny that this was anointed this morning. The presence of God Amen. was here today. And when they said, Hell Lost Another One, I was like, ooh, I know he mad. <laughs> like, I, I know the day that I, I was made a new creation in Christ, when hell lost me, I know he was mad. I, I'm an I'm a impact player. Come I on. use every platform of influence that I had to prove that I was on the throne of my life. That's right. Come and on. that nobody could tell me what to do. And I influenced everybody around me to live that way. And now I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I can't do anything without him. And I want to use any type of influence that I have to tell you to look to him where your help comes from. Yeah. And the same God that I serve is the same Holy Spirit that was anointing these youth today to bring this forward to you. And I want you to know, it's not often that you see that type. Some of us are old heads, right? We're like this new generation, just a bunch of na 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 and carry on, right? The faith and confidence that I saw on this platform this morning. Do you know you got some impact players on this stage behind you playing for God? You know that the enemy doesn't target people that aren't impact players. That despite all the attack that was coming forward on them, they said, we are going to stand right here on our faith and confidence of the one that has done it all. And we are going to praise him in his house. Yeah. Amen. And they did that, church family. They brought that here today. And I'm just so grateful that I get to see it. And I want to remind us that this is the follow-on generation. These yes. are the impact players. Yes. And they're ready to bust hell wide open. Do you see the faith? The, the determination to stand on his promises coming forth from this stage. Amen. 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 Welcome to Youth Sunday. I'm just so pumped for this today. Like, this is going to be awesome. Don't let the fact that this isn't your gear block you from receiving what God has for Come you today. On. Amen. It's good. Father God, we thank you for this youth. We thank you for their reliance on you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity that they have to come forward and show the things that you are doing in their lives, the gifts and talents that you have given them, Father God. We just thank you for the parents that have faithfully served to raise these in the way that they should go, God. We just pray your blessing upon this entire service. We pray your spirit fall on all of us, Father God. We thank you for Pastor Chris and the youth here today, and we just honor you and love you in this place. Amen. Check, check. All right. All right. Don't do like your parents. That was me. I told you. All right. Now, what we do across the way over there, what do we do right here? It's a what? Minute mingle. That's right. Now, if you don't understand, let me explain to you a little bit. You guys like to talk. I'm not lying. You guys and you, it's rubbed off on your youngins. So I've noticed that when Miss Kelly gets here and she's like, hey, please, everybody sit down. If you're talking too much, she don't say that. She's real polite. But what we've decided is we call it minute mingle. Right, we limit that amount of time. So for the next 60 seconds, what I want you to do is I want you to fist bump and say hey to as many people as you can. It's 60 seconds, and then upon 60 seconds, you are done. Stop being nice. Let's go to church, amen? Go. 60 seconds, fist bump. Yeah. Now listen, older people, y'all got to do it too. Y'all don't forget about me. 
Hello, and welcome to the generic transition video. My name, not important for two reasons. Number one, I'm not gonna be up here long enough for you to care what my name is. And number two, that's not the point of this video. What is the point of this video? Well, it's simple. You see, the only reason this video exists is so that we can transition from one part of the service or event to the next seamlessly. Honestly, that's it. This video serves no other purpose. Still don't believe me? Watch this. Here's a stock video of a family I've never met, but I'm sure they're important in some way. And here's a picture of the man who invented the lava lamp. <laughs> Does this have anything to do with anything? Nope, <laughs> and that's the beauty of it. I mean, surely there's gonna be some type of lesson or information given to us during the duration of this video that will somehow impact our lives in a positive way. Sorry to disappoint. You see, it's really, oh, we're good, we're good. Oh, well, it looks like I've wasted enough time. Back to the good stuff. I'll see you at the next transition. transition video if y'all don't know if we need to call order and we don't want someone coming up being like y'all sit down we just play video and there it is you got to see it um i'm excited about you sunday guys isn't it amazing to see students worshiping and and did you understand the lyrics they were saying holy spirit fall on me that's what you want to hear students singing right I hear all kinds of junk at schools and in their cars and all this stuff. And to see our students singing this and doing it with their whole heart. They're not just lip service, right? They're meaning it. Man, that's some good stuff. But before we move on, we do need to run our announcement videos. So if you would, play that video. Good morning. Hey guys and welcome to Christ Chapel. I hope you're having a great day. We have a couple announcements for you today. First off, we have an interest meeting in the grill for missions. See Miss Amy for more details. Next Sunday, right after church, we will be doing the Youth Versus Leaders football game. And don't forget, if you can make chili, make sure you sign up in the foyer. We'll also have hot dogs and snacks for those who come to watch the football game. February 19th is our guys night at 5.30 at Christ Chapel. If that was too much information for you, you can follow us on Christ Chapel Macon on Facebook and Instagram. We also have the Christ Chapel app and ChristChapelMacon.com. We got some we got some great kids. All right, I need to actually reiterate something. Um, we have a chili cook-off. Now, who in here likes chili? Just raise your hand if you like it. All right, see, there's a lot of people like chili. Now, who can actually cook it? Can you cook? Listen, upstairs in the uh, foyer, right? I call it Carla's table. I don't know why. I guess because she's always there. It's Carla's table. I don't know why I call it that, but it, it, you don't say it. We didn't designate it, but it's, it's Carla slash Jake's table. How about the Cox table? Go to the table and sign up to bring a pot of chili next Sunday. We're doing youth versus staff. There is a chili cook-off. That's right. We're going to invite some firemen or a firemen or whatever we can get our hands on because they know fire. They know heat, right? So we're going to get them to try to judge it and all that good stuff. So if you know a fireman, tell them to contact me I, I, if they like chili. If they don't, you know, don't, they might not want to do this. Uh, um, but we want to have a chili cook-off. We've done this every year. COVID threw, it all, threw us off, right, for a couple years there or whatever. But we want to do that. So make sure you sign up in the foyer, all right? Now, we're going to transition now to offering. Now, I always tell my students, I'm like, listen, if you don't have an offering, um, because they don't have jobs. 
You know, they don't get money unless you've blessed them with some type. So I'm like, hey, if, you know, if it's time for offering, please bring your offering down. And then guess what? I've actually learned something that maybe my kids can help me. What, what do you do if you don't have offering students? Bring a blessing. That's right. Listen, I have learned that God really don't look at what's in your hand. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. I have heard all through Scripture that God looks at the heart and why you're giving and the way you're giving. So what I've told the students, I said, listen, the Lord knows us. He knows that if we had money, we would give because that's the type of God he is. He knows our heart. So if you don't have money, what do you bring? Say it louder, guys. Y'all acting, y'all put me on the spot. What do you bring? A blessing. And listen, I, I tell them they can't even three-point it. You know what I mean? They got to come down and put that, that blessing in there and say, God, if I had it, I'd give. There it is. And let me tell you, now the kids can attest. We have seen blessing on our, our youth, on our music ministry. We've seen blessing. Things show up that we were like, we don't have the money for. Sound stuff, sound equipment, lighting, all this stuff shows up. And it's all because I believe it's not because of wonderful people that give. I believe it's the blessings that our students give. And God's like, I see that blessing. Let me multiply that blessing. Let me show you how that works. And it's amazing. So if everyone would stand to your feet. Now, listen, this is, I know this is kind of, this is out of of ordinary, I know, but it's you Sunday, so we can switch things up, all right? So what we do is we put our blessing slash offering in our hand, right? Look, see, the kids already going. They know what they're doing. You put your blessing in your hand, and we're going to bless it. Ready? This is a type of worship. Dear Jesus, Heavenly Father, King of Kings, we come to you right now, Lord, to thank you first and foremost for being the awesome God that you are. Lord God, we have already seen you move in this place, and we know that you're here. Right now, Lord God, you know our hearts. You know our, 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 everything about us. And what I ask, Lord God, is that you take our blessing, our offering, and let it move like never before. Lord God, let it be amazing so that we can do amazing things for you. Lord God, we love you. We give you glory and honor. We praise you in advance for what you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' name, and if you agree with me, everybody says, amen. Make your way to the front for giving your offering and blessing. As I often do, but every song must Just one more with my arms stretched wide. I will Amen. Amen. Um, 
I'm still kind of taken away with the students and how the anointing is all over it. From the beginning, that's amazing. Isn't it great when you walk into a church and you feel the anointing from the beginning? Like you just walk in, you're like, whoo, I felt something, and it's not the air conditioning. I'm excited to be up on stage, and um, where's Luke? Luke, come up here. I'm going to get Luke. Um, I don't know if, who went to the basketball game? Anybody went to the basketball game? Do y'all remember Luke gave the prayer? Is it okay if I get him to pray over us? Because he does a great job. There's your mic right there, brother, if you'll grab it. Yeah, I want him to pray over. If you'll bless this time in the word and that God will do some great things. Is that good? Thank you. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for a wonderful day today. We thank you for blessing Chris and his words. Lord, we just thank you for this wonderful lesson. Lord, we just thank you for a wonderful Sunday and the youth takeover, Lord. And we just thank you for anointing Chris, and we just thank you for this wonderful service. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Luke. I appreciate it. All right, so um, I want to say one thing before I get started, and that is we have the best pastor and I know he's not here to hear this. I'm, I'm telling you, we have the best pastor there is. For him to um, visit, for him to nurture, for him to love, for him to give. In fact, I was looking behind me in my office. If you ever come to my office, you'll see the uh, fruits of the Spirit. I have them listed behind me because I need the, all the time the Lord to remind me. You're supposed to be bearing this fruit, Chris. You know? <laughs> so I'm like, yes, sir. Yeah. And I'm looking at it. And what was crazy is I was you know, just praying over today. And I looked back, and I saw the fruits of the Spirit there, and I was like, man, as I looked at it, I could, I could name instances where the pastor had this and had that and had this. And I just want to tell you guys, that is awesome. In this world where we have just preachers that aren't, you know, so full of fruit as ours is. And I just want to give him honor where honors due, and I thank him for allowing me to get... Yes, come on. He's allowed me to take this pulpit, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, and I just want to also prerequisite my sermon in, um, I'm more of a teacher. I want you to understand that. I preach all the time, but one thing that I love to do is I love to teach. I love to take you somewhere to where you're like, hey, if I do implement that in my life, that will help. You know, I, I like those aha moments in kids. So I'm sorry that um, I might not dig down into the Word and do the, all the deep, 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 deep stuff that Jason and Pastor really does, but I want you to know that I'm a practical teacher. And when I'm done, you should be able to take something and say, yes, yes. That's what I want the Holy Spirit confirmed. Yeah, yes. And that's what I'm hoping you get today because I believe that this world today has a hard time with decisions. What do you mean, Pastor Chris? I don't know. I just, well, let me tell you something. I've watched a lot of students make poor choices, bad decisions. I've seen it. And it really surprises me a lot of times because it might even be the students that are in our church. And I'm like, what? What? You know, a parent will call me, you know, Pastor Chris, my student did this, and I'm kind of, me too. I'm like, what? You know, why? So I, I, I've been doing some studying. I've been, I've been doing some research. I've been doing prayer, and I, I've been in my Bible. And what do you think is the difference between those that live a fulfilled life, those that have good relationships, those that are financially sound and have meaningful 
ministry and love life. What is the difference between those and the rest of the world? Yes, see, the rest of the world might struggle relationshiply. You know, struggles. Anybody? No, don't raise your hand. That's your wife there. Don't do that. But sometimes we struggle. And then, of course, financially, you know, we hit hard times. Well, why do they look like that? Why do, why do I feel empty? I mean, we, I've, I don't know maybe what the answer, but I do know this. It's not intelligence. Because I've seen smart people miserable. So I know it's not intelligence. You know what another thing? I, I know it's not talent. You know why? Because I've seen talented people broke. Have y'all seen what I'm talking about? I have watched YouTube videos of where somebody's sitting in a subway tunnel, you know what I'm saying, and they're playing a guitar unlike I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, that is an angel. And I'm like, they're broke. You know, they're sitting there, they're homeless, and they're playing a violin, and they're just killing it. I'm like, so I'm like, it's not talent. So what about attractive, like good-looking people like me? Well, guess what? Uh, All throughout celebrity, you could see that they can't even hold a relationship. So attractiveness really isn't a quality there. So why can't they hold a relationship? Well, what's the difference? Well, listen, I have learned that it boils down to one thing, and the thing is decisions. Decisions. Check this out. The quality of your decisions determines the quality of your life. I'm going to say it again. Listen. The quality of your decisions determines the quality of of your life. You see, the problem is this, though, is that we, in human nature, we are terrible decision makers. By nature, we're terrible. Um, in fact, if you go to the God's Word, the very, you know, you can't eat from the tree, and what do we decide? What do we, <laughs> we Eve eats from the tree, and then, uh, um, you know, the husband's, yes, ma'am, I'll eat too, you know. We're terrible decision makers. In fact, I learned a long time ago that we're decision, terrible decision makers. Can I tell you a quick story on when I learned that I'm a terrible decision maker? Can I? Are you good? Students like my stories a lot of times, so at least I know I got them. You know, the, the, the parents probably going, I wish Pastor John would come back. I, I get you. I get you. It's okay. All right. Um, but let me just have the stage. For, it's you Sunday, right? So, listen, when I was 16 years old, my parents, thank you, Dad. I love you. He bought me. A Pontiac Trans Am. Mm. Red in color. It was a GTA, so it actually had that 350 motor in it. It was black letter edition. It said had red plug wires with red letters on it. Didn't it, Dad? And it was amazing. And you know why he did that? Not because I'm spoiled rotten. It's because he told me back before I got into ninth grade, he said, listen, if you make AB honor roll and you can pay for half, I'll get you whatever you want. So guess what? I made A.B. on a roll, and guess what else? I worked at Shoney's, and I could pay some money toward it. Shoney's. I was a cashier. Some of you don't know what Shoney's is. Go to Forsyth. They got one. Um, so anyway, um, I was working there, and I got this car when I was 16. I thought I was something else. I'll be honest. I really did. I thought I was something else. And, um, and then I was also, I also attended Central High School, which is where our fearless leader 
attended as well. So uh, anyway, I know a lot about when he tells stories and different things. I'm like, uh, yep, I know. I was at Central's too. I was a charger. So anyway, long story short, I get this car, and I'm parked in the senior parking lot. And every day when everybody is dismissed, all these cars go down over the speed bumps. And then right at the end, they'd either go left or right onto, I don't even remember, Hold Avenue, I think is what it's called. I don't know. But right there, there was, it was like showtime at the Apollo. I don't know. It was just crazy because as they went left or right, they would burn rubber and tire and smoke and everything else. All these guys. I don't care if you had a hoopty or if you had a you know, nice car. You would just turn left, smoking the tires, you know, fish tailing. And um, I never did that. But one day, I was like, I have a Trans Am with a 350 in the hood. I think I'm going to do this. So I wait, make my way over the speed bumps, going really slow, so I won't hit the bottom. You know, I get down there and I'm like, "This is, this is about to be good up in here." <laughs> I turn the wheel a little bit instead of you know, and I gun it. When I do, the tires break loose, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm all excited because I know that I'm showing out because I got a 350. That hoopty that just went couldn't even spin but one tire, and it did it for one millisecond. I'm smoking them sitting here. I look awesome." So then the car starts moving. I'm like, oh, I need to go. So then I kind of turn my wheel a little bit more. All of a sudden, my car hits rocks. Well, what happens to a car that's spinning tires really fast when you hit rocks? It goes in fast smoke forward mode. I didn't understand that at the time until I was already done a 360 and hit a car. I really did. The back end of my car, I went around, and then it come back around because I'm still spinning because my tail's like, <laughs> I'm making a, everybody's loving this. You know, everybody, I'm, in my mind, I'm seeing everybody cheering, thinking I'm the hero. Until I get out and see a car that my tail in my car hit another one, and everybody's stopped, traffic's all blocked up, nobody can go anywhere because I'm in the middle, and guess what? I'm in trouble. In fact, they called the police. My dad said, Amen. They called the police. I ain't got to you, Dad, yet. Hold up. So I, they call the police, and the police show up, and the police is looking at me like this. Where's your dad? And I'm like, at work. And then all of a sudden, my dad pulls up. He's not at work. He's not <laughs> Somebody has called my dad and told him. So now I'm in real big trouble. Not only am I wrecked the car, and the police are mad, and the kids are all, guess what? They're not going, oh, Chris is cool, man. Did you see that? He did a burn. They're all going, he is an idiot. So, so at that point, <laughs> I'm sitting by my dad wondering what in the world we're going to do because I'm like, you know, I don't know. I've never had a wreck. In fact, I ain't had a car but like six weeks. No, I'm just kidding. But it felt like it at that time. I was like, I don't know how to drive. What happened? The, Lord, the devil did it. You know, I'm like, so anyway, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm going like this because that's all I really can do. <sighs> I didn't cry. Did I, Dad? I did good. But I did say, I'm a terrible decision maker because I <laughs> should have not done that. So that's the first time I actually realized I'm a terrible decision maker. Terrible. So why do we struggle to make good decisions? Well, listen, I have three little points I want to make. I believe, and I've done, in my studies, now, you know, I'm the type that sits on the internet and the kids think I only look at Facebook all day, but it's not that, I promise. I'm, you know, studying and learning. And I've found some studies on choices. Did you know that we average, each person, 35,000 decisions a day? 
35,000. Think about that. That's nonstop all day long from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. I mean, when you get up, it's like, which side of the bed I'm getting on? You know, like, what am I going to have for breakfast? Am I going to brush my teeth or am I going to brush after I eat so that they don't taste bad? Like, all these decisions are going on in your head and you're making them every day. What am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? Well, what, what am I going to say? What am I going to, you know, which show on Netflix am I going to binge? There's too many decisions. In fact, cognitive scientists have actually coined a phrase called decision fatigue. Look it up. It's real. I'm not making this up. I wish I was, actually. I'd be paid more. But decision fatigue. As the, listen to this. This is it. Ready? As the volume of decisions increase, the quality of your decisions decrease. I'm going to repeat it again. As the volume of your decisions increase, the quality of your decisions decrease. Well, what do you mean? Well, uh, let, me, let me explain it a little bit to you. How many people have done this? I, this is me. I'm going to talk about me and uh, my wonderful health journey that I have been on, you know, for quite a while. I will get up in the morning, and I'm like, I'm going to eat so good today. Yeah. So I'll get up, and I'll eat my little, you know, bar from Octavia. You know, if you need it, Octavia, let me know. Um, but, you know, Octavia bar. And then, then I'll go on and go drink some water. I'm like, oh, yes, I'm doing so good. And then guess what? A couple hours later, what do I do? Eat my hot via bar. Yeah, I'm good. Drinking some more water. I'm just, and I do so good. Man, you know, lunch goes by. And then I, get, then, then I keep going. I keep going drinking water. Man, I've drank 17 gallons of water. I'm about to drown. And I'm just, this is so amazing. And then I get home, and I'm like, hey, babies. And I love my kids. You know, I'm loving on them. And then they're eating a little Debbie cake. And I'm strong. I'm good. I'm like, enjoy that Dave cake, baby. I love it. You know, and they're just eating away. They go and eat everything they want. They eat spaghetti with all the bread, with the cheese on top. But I'm still strong. I'm holding strong. I'm doing good. I'm making great decisions all day long. But guess what happens? My kids go to bed, and I'm like, you know what? I kind of wouldn't mind maybe eating half a nut of butter. And in a moment of weakness there, I make a what? A poor choice, and then I end up eating three nutty butters. The whole thing's like, there's only three in the box, I eat the rest of them, and I don't even realize it until it's done. And guess what? I've made terrible decisions. Well, guess what? I've made wonderful decisions all day long. And then I, I crash at the end. Why? Because the, I've made so many choices that day. I have decision fatigue, if you want to call it that. And, and what's really funny is that you're sitting there going, oh, I kind of relate. Well, listen, I know a lot of y'all, lot of y'all relate with this. We're going to be so financially sound. We're going to spend money just like we need to. This is amazing, right? And you go for three and four and five, six weeks. You pay the bills on time. You got everything down. You don't eat out. You make your tuna sandwiches. You, you know, you're doing so good. And then all of a sudden, something goes on sale at Sam's. And it's that 75-inch TV that you've been wanting. Do you need it? No. You have a 65, so it's not that much, you know, different. But you want it, and it's on sale. So you go buy it, and guess what? Poor decision after a month of making wonderful, wise financial decisions. So I believe that there's some truth to what they're saying. Number two, we're afraid of making wrong choices. I think I fall into that category probably more than anybody in here. I don't want to miss God's will. I'm the type that's like, I want to be in God's, not his permissive will. I want to be in his perfect will. So I'm always like, I don't want to mess up. I want to get it right. I'm focused on the, you know, the Lord and what he wants for me. Does, does he want me to have that nut butter? Yes, he does. 
I'm sorry, I had to throw that in. I want, you know, and, and I talk to kids all the time, I want to go to the perfect college and school. And I'm like, yes, you do. Go to one, you know. And I'm like, they're like, what's one to the side? And I'm looking at them like, don't ask me. I get like decision fatigue and anxiety. And then I hear adults talking about oh, this job or that job. You know, what, do I apply for this? Do I do that? And sometimes it's even with home buyers. You know, I've done some stuff like real estate wise and I hear people talking. They're like, which house do we go for the one that's more expensive and bigger? We could do this one. Or this? this one's close to downtown. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, of course, young adults, you know, they're like, what, do I marry this person or not? I'm like, whew. It says it's better to be single in the Bible. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but we're afraid to make wrong choices. And what's crazy is, is that since we aren't real sure, we end up, what, making no decision at all. And did you know? Did you know that indecision is a decision? I didn't. I learned that. In fact, indecision is the enemy of progress. Because you can't move forward because you're stalemate and you're sitting there. So what happens is we're afraid to make our own decision. Number three, we let emotions overrule logic. <laughs> we let emotions overrule logic. I heard somebody say preaches while I was laughing. That's interesting. It's interesting. Think about it. Some decisions we spend way too much time analyzing does anybody feel me on that? Like, I have tried my best to, like, no, 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 let me do an easy one. Ready? This is easy. All right. I decide, me and Sarah, we're going to go to bed early tonight, put the kids away. We're going to sit down, and we're going to watch a TV show together in bed and go to sleep watching it, right? And I'm like, this is going to be amazing. Yes, let's do this, babe. So we sit down, and we put on Netflix. All right. And then I'm like, okay, which one you want to watch? I don't care. You pick. Okay. I spend the next 17 hours <laughs> looking through shows and watching trailers or reading about them. I, I mean, no kidding. I'm like going, I go through all the thrillers, you know, then I go through all the comedies. And I mean, it spends us forever looking through, and then finally we're like, well, I'm just too tired, all right, just cut it off. <laughs> like, I'm overanalyzing something that don't really matter. Just hit a movie and go, you know, it's not that important. But I'm sitting there, but then what's crazy is when we overanalyze things like that, Oh, don't get me started on my car. I sold my truck, right? And I'm trying to find another truck, and I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm doing my due diligence, you know, I'm reading, I find a good deal, and I find it. Then I find one, I'm like, oh, let me read up. Okay, yeah, it's, it's got these problems that are known. You know, I'm doing, I'm like, I'm taking care. Call the bank, how much you know? Okay, yeah, all right. I'm going crazy. And then I'm like, all right. It's been about five days. I think we're good. So then I'm like, I call them, I'm like, hey, yes, I need to um, I'll come look at this truck. It's sold. What? Yeah, three days ago. What? I am overanalyzing when I should have just went and looked at it if I like to get it. But no, I've already looked up Carfax. I've read everything on Carfax. I called the previous owner and the previous owner for that. I've done this. I've done that. I've, I've looked up what's, and I, overanalyzing. And then what's really funny, you're about to really think this is crazy, is we overanalyze things that aren't that important, but then we jump to conclusions on things that are real important. <laughs> think about it. Me and my wife love our kids, but <laughs> have, you, have you ever been to the point where they do something and you just immediately, I mean, it's, it's almost like you don't care where you're at or who you're around, and you're like, stop it! Have y'all been there? 
do you realize that you probably should analyze what you're about to do there, but we don't. We just jump right to it because we should probably not yell at our kids in the middle of the church service, right? <laughs> we probably shouldn't yell at them in the middle of Walmart because they're gonna, people's going to be like, he's abusive. Yeah, he's, we might need to call defects or something. We need to, he is, think about it. Logic says that we probably should be patient, but, but, but emotion says yell at them, right? It's the same thing with temptations. Any temptation. Logic says, oh, let's be wise. But, but you want to be like, I deserve this. I deserve that cruise that costs $4,000 a person. I deserve it. Logic, who? I've worked hard. We, the, things that, the things that we probably should analyze, we don't. We impulse, emotion. In fact, listen to this. Emotional decisions so often hurt us the most. Don't make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions. I'm going to say it again because I know some of you are like me, especially if you're writing. You're like halfway through. What did, what did he say? Don't make permanent decisions based on temporary emotions. You see, the quality of our decisions determines the quality of our lives. So we need to make good decisions. Now, I know some of you are going, you know, well, that's great. It's kind of like Dr. Phil. I understand this. This is... Well, let me tell you something. One of the best ways to have a forward-looking, people-loving, God-glorifying life is to decide before what you will do later. Did you hear what I said? Decide before what you will do later. The power of pre-deciding. Now some of you are like, pre-deciding? Huh? Let me, let, me, let me tell you this. As followers of Christ, we can ask God to help us pre-decide. In fact, Proverbs 16 and 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Think about it, guys. Whatever you do, if I'm going to buy a car, if I'm going to date this person, if I'm going to buy a house, if I'm going after this job, if you commit these to the Lord, listen, I love what it says. It says, and he will establish your plans. I love that because it shows that he has a plan. There's something pre-done out there. And we need to make sure we know and that God knows that we are focused on him so that that plan in that way is going to be shown to us. You see, with God's help, we can determine our source of action before the moment of decision. In fact, if they'll put up the uh, little thing that I have, it says, when faced with blank, which is a situation right behind me, I have pre-decided to blank. Y'all see that? Let me give you for example. When I'm tempted to make an impulse purchase, I will wait three days. Okay, let's do another one. When I am worried, I'm pre-decide to take the burden to God. Let me do one more. You ready? When that person cuts me off in traffic, I'm going to pray that he goes to heaven instead of saying go to, I mean, Y'all got some terrible minds. I was going to say go to the Walmart. Um, 
But I'm serious. If you think about it, it says commit your ways to, to God and he will help you. So what happens is, is we have to align up what we believe and what we think. In fact, it's all throughout the Bible. This is the way we're supposed to live. I mean, that's what a Christian is, is God, right? Christ-like, God-like. Listen to this. In Genesis 22, it says this. It says that Abraham was taking his son Isaac to offer him as a sacrifice. Now, I want you to understand that if something hadn't been predetermined, then this would never have happened. Think about it. See, what happened is, is Abraham said, no matter what the situation is, I have decided to follow Jesus, no matter what. And when this weird situation comes up where he says, come sacrifice Isaac to me, he's like, whew, that's okay. Well, based on my predetermination, I am going to trust him. So let's go, Isaac. That's not the only place either. In fact, I saw it really cool in this place with Ruth and Naomi and Ruth 1. Do you know what I'm talking about? Ruth and Naomi, he says, she says, no matter what, wherever you go, your people is my people, I'm your people. You know, it's like, that's determination. No matter what, I'm going to be with you. It's predetermined. So there's a lot of this going on in the Bible. In fact, there's one more, and this is my favorite one because it's Daniel. And he had friends. You remember he was taken foreign, captive foreign, basically, land, and he was kind of brainwashed, right? So they're like feeding them, they're teaching them. And what does he say in Daniel 1? Daniel says, it says this in Daniel 1, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. Now, I don't know about you guys, but see, I can't, like, if I put myself in his shoes, he must have predetermined something. Because I want you to understand, it isn't like he said, mm, that's asparagus. Nope, nope, we're not going to do this. <laughs> Think about it. He is going to eat at the king's table. So that means it's the best of the best. It's not, you know, leftover spaghetti and, you know, broccoli. It's, it's going to be the best. And he says, I don't care. I, I have predetermined when I'm going to follow what God wants for me. I'm going to not defile myself. I'm going to do what my God has asked me to do. And even though there's roast beef sitting there with all the fixings and sweet tea, Okay, maybe I'm embellishing a little. But you know what I'm saying? He is all the stuff he likes. He says, I'm not going to defile myself. I'm just going to eat what I'm supposed to eat because God told me this is what I'm supposed to do. In fact, he knew what he valued, so he pre-decided. I value what God wants for my life. My question for you today is this. What do you value? What are the most important things in your life? How do you want people to describe you? Do you value maybe integrity? What about faithfulness? Purity. In this world of nasty filth, purity. What about generosity? For God so loved the world he gave. He's generous, right? Why does this matter so much? This is why it matters. Because when your values are clear, your decisions are easier. When your values are clear, your decisions are easier. Now, based on these values that you've lined up, you can decide what to do later. You can feel this out, this little thing that I had. One, you're faced with the situation. I have pre-decided to do this. 
And um, what's really awesome, and I've told my students, I love just sitting there talking with them, and I was saying in uh, one of our Sunday school classes, I was like, hey, guys, you know, the devil really likes to start small. I've learned this a long time ago. It's little things like, like he'll try to get you to white lie. You know what that is? Like little teeny lie. Like you're not really lying and you're not really telling the truth. It's called a half truth, half lie. You know? and, and, and well, I'm, I'm here to tell you kids, and I've told your kids, that the half truth, half lie is still a lie. But the thing is, is the devil throws those into your life. And what happens is, is you'll do these little lies, these little half-truths. And you might think that's okay, so then you might do a couple more. But then all of a sudden it progresses and, and graduates to a bigger. And then all of a sudden you're doing these bold-faced lies. Well, guess what? That's easy. But you know what's easy too? The opposite. What are you, what are you, what are you talking about, Chris? Well, listen, if you do the right thing in the little things, the big things are easier to do the right thing in. What are you talking about? Well, you know, if you don't lie, you don't cheat, don't cuss, don't do all these little things, then when the big sin comes along, you're like, I said no to all these little things. That's easy. And that's what, that's the power of decisions. Listen to this. Decisions determine direction. Your direction determines your destiny. Mm, that's kind of big, isn't it? I know. Decisions determine direction. Your direction determines your destiny. If your life is moving in the direction of your decisions, do you like the direction your decisions are taking you? If you do not, it's time to take it your life back. You need now to decide, to pre-decide to do something different. All right, so I'm going to be real with you guys. I, I don't like being real transparent on stage because I like people to think, oh, that's Pastor Chris, which I know I'm a regular human like you, so it's, but I don't like the negative thoughts of it. I want to tell you some negative qualities that I personally can see in myself, because I learned a long time ago, if you know the positive, you know the negatives, you can work on both, right? You can work on negatives and make them better, and then you can really help people with your positives. So let me tell you a few negatives about myself. Um, I am inconsistent. Yep, I'm inconsistent. Um, one day I will be amazing. The next day I'll be mediocre. You know, I'm just, I'm just inconsistent. You know what else? I'm unprepared. Like, things surprise me. Not my wife. She is amazing at being prepared. I am unprepared. I like, I'm like, yes, I'm going yeah, to be prepared. This is going to be good. And then like out of the blue, I'm like, wait, what? What? And then here I am, surprised. You know what else, too? I'm unintentional. My wife pulls, calls it out all the time. You know, I'll be like, you are so amazing. And then I'll say some good things. And then I'll say something. She's like, you probably should not have said that. And I'm like, what do you mean? She'll be like, and then she'll say it back to me. And I'm like, Ooh, that does sound bad. I didn't intend to be that. You know, I didn't intend for it to sound like I didn't care, but yeah, I did. I mean, I'm unintentional. I'm also selfish. Oh, Pastor, you're selfish. Yes, let me tell you, this is the first way I know that I'm selfish. And I know some of you guys are going to be like, oh, my Lord, that's me too. I know it. Every time somebody takes a picture and I'm in it, I don't even look at the other people. I look at myself. Do I look all right? Do I look fat in that picture? You know, I, I, mean, I don't care about the other picture. That's the first thing I know. Is anybody else with me? Come on. You know you are. I look at, I don't care about anybody else in the picture. It could be my kids, family, wife, everybody. All of a sudden, I'm looking at me like, 
oh, that's not a good picture. I look fat in that one. You know, that's a selfish thing. You should look at other people and be like, oh, they look so cute. My kids look so cute. And then you're like, well, you know, it's me. But no, the first thing I look at is what? Me. That's selfish. I'm also short-sighted. I'm, I'm, I, I'm really bad at long. Sometimes I'm really good at it, but most of the time I'm short-sighted. And then the other thing, too, is I, I'm not a good finisher either. Like, I'm gung-ho to go. But then about three-quarters way through, I'm like, whew, I need to hand this off to somebody, you know? <laughs> finisher, man. I mean, Jesus is a finisher. He went to the cross all the way. He didn't go all the halfway and be like, they do the first name. Like, no, no, this is it. Angels, come on. You know, no, he finished all the way through. In fact, what did he say? It's finished. And I want to be Christ-like. I want to be a finisher. So how in the world can we make better decisions? Well, listen, I have come to the conclusion that, one, that God is in control of all things. In fact, the Holy Spirit is here to help me make decisions. In fact, that's my little uh, cheat code. What do you mean? Well, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm facing the decision, if I say, Lord, am I supposed to, you know, Lord, help me out, there's, a che- there's something inside of me that can point me in the right direction. I don't have to rely on my body and my mind to be like, yes, I do want a Twinkie. No, you, the Spirit says, <clears throat> and you're like, yes, sir. Well, listen, I think what we should do is when you find out what maybe some of the things, maybe you can and say, yes, I am uh, not a finisher as well. I, I am selfish. I do like myself. I am short-sighted. Well, listen, what can we do? Well, listen, I want to tell you the first thing you can do is you can pray. You can pray. Say, God, I want to be like you. I want to be just like you. And the only way I can do that is if you help me pre-decide some things and you put your spirit inside of me and help me with my decisions because I can face decision fatigue and I've learned that my strength comes from you Mm, think about it every time I'm tired every time I'm overwhelmed every time I'm angry I'm emotional I'm discouraged my decisions are not so good but that shouldn't be the determining factor to my decisions The decisions should be based on pleasing God. Every decision. See, I don't want my decisions based on emotions in a moment, but in the values that God placed in me. I want my values to be clear so that my decisions are easy. The good news is this. We're not saved by the quality of our decisions. We're saved by the grace of God. And Jesus is the best example of this. What do you mean, Pastor Chris? Well, let me tell you a story. See, when Jesus was about to face some major decisions in his life, when he was about to face the most catastrophe thing in his life, he went into a garden of Gethsemane. And he predetermined that no matter what happens, I'm going to do what God has sent me here to do. Do you know this? Do y'all remember? He said, if, if there's anything, Lord, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours. In fact, if you put that back up, put that little thing that says space for me, Charles. When faced with crucifixion, I have predecided that I'm going to follow after Jesus. And that's what he was doing in the garden. See, maybe we should pull back. Maybe we should say, okay, God, listen, I'm faced with 35,000 decisions a day, and I want them to be all godly and good help me 
And I promise you what's amazing is that just like in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he said, Lord, help me, he made a decision. He determined you can do the same. And what happens is the Holy Spirit is going to help you because that's what it's all about. If you commit everything to the Lord, he will establish your plan. He will establish your ways. That takes a lot of stress off me. I just need to love him. I need to focus on him. And as I do that, as I play my worship music in the car, when that person cuts me off, I'll be like, "Woo, thank you, Jesus. Why? Because I've got the right mindset. I've asked the Lord to help me not to be mad at that person. And it goes on from there. Remember I said small to big. So as you keep making these good, good little decisions, and God's helping you, you hear his voice. And as you hear his voice, it gets easier to recognize, right? Man, my kids can be in a group of kids, and if my little girl says, Daddy, guess what? I'm going to be able to hear it like that, no matter what's going on around me. Well, guess what? That's the way it is in, in this world. If you learn God's voice in the small things, when the big things, and there's a lot of chaos going on, you can still hear his voice. He'll help you with those decisions. See, with God's help, we can pre-decide. We can determine our course of action before the moment of decision. And that's my challenge to you today. Realize that you're faced with 35,000 decisions today. Realize that those things, the devil's going to try to cause you harm in all of them because he knows your weakness. But know that we have an inside track. We have a cheat code. We have God and the Holy Spirit that will help you as long as you go in and say, listen, Lord, I want to be Christ-like. I want to be like you. In fact, it says right here, Proverbs, it says we're going we're gonna to commit our ways to the Lord so that we can, you can help me with my plans. And as you do these things, what happens is God speaks. He speaks. And if you recognize that voice, You'll be a great decision maker because it's not your decisions that's being made. It's God's and you're following after his. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask Jason to come up and close if you would, brother. Come on up and close for us. Thank you so much. Tell Pastor I did amazing. <laughs> Love you guys. Amen challenging word right it's, it's hard to be consistent with good decisions but I, th I think you brought out something very important today the most important thing we can do is have it settled in our mind and our hearts and our actions that we are fully surrendered and submitted to God's will for our life that's how Abraham was able to walk the path that he was able to walk that's how Daniel was able to do the things he was able to do those decisions were an outpouring, an outworking of a previous settlement in their mind and their heart that God was it for them. And that's, that's what he's encouraged us to do to, here today. And that's why I pray meditates on us throughout the week as we go forward to make our 35,000 decisions a day. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for this body of believers, Lord. I pray that as we go forward that that this takes root, that we find our place, ourselves in a place where it's settled, where we know we're surrendered 
to you completely, Father, and, and that we have a desire for our decisions to be an outworking of that truth. We thank you for the youth today, for the, your anointing in this place. We thank you for this follow-on generation that will continue to be representatives of Christ abroad. We thank you for your precious son, Lord. We love you and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Y'all have a blessed Lord's Day. God bless you.